0: everyone and welcome to the South Point podcast. Thank you for taking the time today to listen. I hope you will enjoy these life-giving stories. For more information, check out our website at www.southpoint.tv. Now, enjoy the podcast. What's up everybody and welcome back to the South Point podcast. I am your host Carlos Tello and I am so so happy to finally be back with you all. It's been a really long time. Isn't that right, Katie? It's been A while
1: A long while It's been a long
0: while It's been probably about two months since we've been back a lot has been going on, we've been busy Things have been happening But that's life Uh, Today we have a very special, special episode for you But before we get to our guest uh, This past Sunday Pastor Craig wrapped up a fantastic series Called Farm to Table If for some reason you missed it Just go back and check out our YouTube page It was so, so good And we're back to live services, right, Katie? It's just been, yeah, it's been great. Uh, There's nothing better than being live in church, not at home online. That's just boring. But 9 o'clock, 1015, y'all come on, come back. We miss you guys. Um, Today, as I say, we have a very special guest. Mike Abbott, welcome to the podcast. What's going on?
2: Thank you. How you doing?
0: I'm so happy to have you here. Uh, we were talking beforehand and I just wanted to to tell everybody out there that Mike was one of the, one of my inspirations for this podcast. And uh, a year ago about this time we had the, I dig my church series that lasted about, you know, 40 weeks or so, however long it went. (laughs) And, uh, but you and your, you and Ray, uh, did this little testimonial video in the, in the front end that we were playing before the services started and he kind of told Liberty story and i was like man i would like to get all of that just i would like to just sit and talk with you yeah and that was really it and then of course pastor craig which he will he will be joining us here soon uh pastor craig and his stories and just the way he communicates uh there was just a handful of people that really inspired me to really get this podcast going so i finally get to have you here in the studio and, um, really, I just want you to come in and, and just give everybody some hope and inspiration because I know you have an incredible story and, um, really, I just want everybody better to hear it and hopefully get something out of it and just know that there's nothing that God can't bring you out of. You know, I think that's the biggest deal. And in that video, you said, uh, you know, you had a lot of heartbreaks and, and, and your triumphs afterwards. So, um, First of all, let's just start out. I mean, where are you from this area originally? No, no. I'm originally from uh, southwest Kansas. Southwest Kansas. Little bitty
2: uh, one-mile-square town, like slap in the middle, like 250 square miles of cornfield. Um, you could walk around my hometown probably in about 10 minutes wow. around the whole town. Yeah. Yeah, it was a uh,
0: not very... even a stoplight in sight, right?
2: Uh, actually, there was one stoplight one. in the town, yes. and I think they really just put that stoplight in the town just so they could say they had <laughs> a stoplight. <laughs> right. Like it wasn't really necessary, but you know, hey, we got a stoplight. I just um, more annoying than anything else. The the main street was the only street that had lines on it. Oddly enough, uh, I went back. I I got moved out of there at a very very early age. Yeah. Um, I went back when I was like sixteen. And there's like parking on this side of the main drag or whatever, you know, and it's directional parking, but you know, the the town, I I don't even know how many people are in this town, but it's not a lot, you know, and it, it seemed like remembering back half of the town was houses. The other half of the town was a trailer park. Um, and that was about it, you know, the, the feed store was the grocery store also. Uh, but, uh, I backed over the double yellow lines and, uh, and wound up getting pulled over by one of the three cops that were in that town oh, and uh and spent the night in jail and in my hometown at like That's 16 welcome years home old. Party yeah, yeah <laughs> which is hilarious um but yeah it was a it was a little bitty town um very very little town uh i think i was moved out of there from what i've been told it was like a year year and a half old okay um yeah. So it was, uh, me and, uh, my older sister, um, from, you know, most of the stuff, how these type of things work is, uh, you know, you get bits and pieces of information from, mm-hmm. from one side of your family and then you get bits and pieces of information from the other side of your family. Um, so from what the best I can tell is, is, uh, you know, me and my older sister spent a lot of time, um, unsupervised at my parents' house. Okay. Um there I've heard stories of aunts and uncles basically sneaking in windows um to get us cleaned up and fed. Uh so wow. the responsibility from what I can tell was was greatly left on my sister yeah. who was 2 years old at the time <laughs> to take care of me at 1. Um was it just y- both y'all? It was just us. It was just us. Um, so, my my parents weren't weren't very active um, mm-hmm. at all. Uh, my uncle and aunt who lived across the street from me, um, they uh, they tried the best they could to kind of help out with us. Uh, my uncle once told me a story. Now, my uncle his name is David Carrillo. Um, He's half white, half Latino, and uh, he drove a 64 Impala. I think really where my my love from cars, I think it was in, really instilled in me early yeah. in those years um, because, you know, he was into the whole lowrider thing. Oh, yeah, I was about to say, and, that's the whole uh, lowrider. Yeah, magazine yeah, he was, he was right into there. that. And uh, so what he would do is he'd see me, you know, out in the front yard nothing but a saggy diaper, and uh, he called me Bulldog. So he'd be like, hey, Bulldog, you want to come over? I'll buy you some ice cream if you'll clean my rims. (laughs) So I'd go over there, you know, as a toddler, you know, and think I was cleaning his rims. And he would take me for a ride to, you know, there's a little ice cream shop there in town, and uh, take me for a ride and get me ice cream and make sure that he dropped me back off. Because, uh, you know, from what I was told, that if my father found out that anybody was doing anything, Mm -hmm. you know, as far as, like, Coming over and butting into his business as far as with us, um, he would lose it. He would freak out. Um, wow. He was a he was a pretty uh, violent guy in his younger younger years. Yeah, um, which makes sense why. You how know, old I would, guess, how
0: old your, was your father at this point? You, do you know? You
2: know, I I think him and my mother had my sister at like eighteen. Okay, and me around twenty years old. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's around about the years. Uh, so anyways, um, from what I was told, my aunt and my uncle did their best to try and get me and my sister, um, which didn't work out. Um, my grandmother stepped in at this point in time. Now, my grandmother wasn't like, uh, baked cookies, right. come over to grandma's house right? type of grandma. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> she was she was uh she was she was a rough and tumble character as most of my family was on both sides yeah um they spent most of their time in bars. My grandfather on my mother's dad um he owned one of the bars in town there were two bars in this little bitty town oh. two bars i guess so if you got like kicked out of one bar, you could go to the yeah. other one yeah. <laughs> you know a little yeah. farming community or whatever um but uh So he owned one of the bars. Yeah. I I can remember at a very early age pulling a bar stool around a pool table trying to play pool, you know, Mm -hmm. um, it was just, that was life, you know, it wasn't odd or or anything like that. It's just, you know, who my family was, you know. Um, So when my aunt, my uncle, from what I've been told, you know, most of this is hearsay. Right. But from what I've been told... My aunt, and my uncle were really wanting to try and get us, um, but my grandmother wasn't having it.
0: Wow! So is this your dad's? This sister? is my
2: father's mom.
0: Father's mom, right? Your aunt, and your uncle is that a brother and sister? That was too?
2: on my mother's side. Your mother's side. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> so you are already having dual families on both right, sides fighting. Right, at this right, yeah. right.
2: And and the crazy part about it is, is like, um, my family you know, my father's side versus my mother's side is, is a lot of people, you know, they have family tension, but normally it's because one side is like, you know, this certain straight and narrow way, this side may be kind of wild or, or this side is Pentecostal and that (laughs) side's bad. You know, normally it's, it's something like that. But in reality, um, most of those scenarios are, are, you know, at least one of them is based in like good. Mm-hmm. Um, so both sides of my family are really, really close to the same. Like my father's side, um, they, you know, most of them, um, are heavy drinkers, heavy drug users. Like Mm -hmm. most of them, you know, are, are on the, the illegal side of things. A lot of them. Yeah. There's, there's exceptions, but very, very few, Mm -hmm. um, my mother's side is very much the same thing, so my mother's mom, um, you know, she stayed in bars. Um, you know, my my aunts and my uncles on this side they were they were all heavy drink. They were also part of that exact same world. Mm. Like both sides of my family <clears throat> are so closely the same. It's ridiculous that they didn't get along. To me, wow. You know, even yeah. my mother and my father they they are very similar people um but there was always a separation there they 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 never really got along yeah you know and i don't know that they do even now you know there's they they've never been close um so anyways mm-hmm. my grandmother she kind of you know she stepped in and you know i've heard that my parents were willing um on some accounts to let us go with my grandmother, um, I've also heard that my grandparents pretty much just came and took us,
0: and they left. Um, they did they? Did your grandparents live in the same town as well? Or at that they- point in time, they did. Okay, yeah, at that point in
2: time, they lived in the same town. You know, <clears throat> at least my grandmother and my grandfather did. Now, most of my grandmother's family is from Memphis area. Okay, um, so they showed up they took me and my sister. Um, we got in the back of, a uh, a, a Chevy van, you know, that was, that was the quintessential, like shagging wagon. You know, it was like, it, it looked like the, you know, it's kind of like the 18 van. The back of it oh, was, yeah. had a bed in it, shag carpet. It was actually my uncle's van. And, uh, and I don't even know how many took that trip. I've just been told about it, but, uh, we loaded up in the back of that van and came to Memphis. Um, Because my grandparents were going to move in with my great-grandparents. Okay. Um, So me and my sister were brought here really, really young.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, And then my grandparents just kept us. Like, I don't want to say kidnapping, but, I mean, they they just took us and they kept us. For the the
0: better. It was a better situation.
2: I mean, in their mind, maybe? I think initially it was a better situation. So my great-grandparents, my grandmother's dad... Mm -hmm. And mom, um, they were very straight and narrow people. They were not part of that world. Um, you had to be at the dinner table every night. You know, at six o'clock, it was it was not negotiable. Mm-hmm. Um, if you lived in my great grandfather's house, um, when it got dark, you came home. It didn't matter if you were forty five years old or fourteen years old. You were home <laughs> at a reasonable hour. You were at the dinner table when it was time for dinner. Everybody had to sit down and eat dinner together. Um, you know, he was a deacon of a church. Um, he did a lot of great things. He really did. Um, and he was a really, really good guy. He was. Um, but when I was about, I don't know, it was probably, if I had to spitball it, I think I was about nine years old when he passed away, but him and my great grandmother, their health was deteriorating very early into Mm. us coming. Um, my great grandmother was dealing with dementia um, she deteriorated my great grandfather passed away and then that's when you know it was a couple of years of of a real structure like that like a traditional style structure and then once my great grandparents um, passed like it just it nosedove. wow um and because my my grandfather who was an amazing guy um he was he was very influential as far as like the early years on up i mean he was the only real father figure that i had yeah um even though you know he was still part of that 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 counterculture i mean he was he he smoked weed every day mm. um he drank heavily you know but even with that, he always had a really good work ethic. Um, he did. So he he kind of instilled that into me at an early age. And then uh, <clears throat> at about, I don't know, seven years old, I think I was about seven years old, my father showed back up into the picture. And I remember a little bit um, here and there very, very sporadically going and spending weekends with him.
0: Okay. Um, Did they ever try
2: to come get y'all back
0: during that whole time?
2: uh, My mother never did that I know of, that I know of. Now, years later, I found out that my mother had sent me birthday cards and stuff like that throughout the years, um, but those were kind of hidden from me. My grandparents, I guess they decided that, that, if it wasn't going to be a regular thing, if it wasn't going to be a valid relationship, it would do more harm than it would good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know either way in reality, but uh so my father showed back up like I say the weekends that I spent with him here and there in between those years um they were bad i mean mm-hmm. it was uh it was a bad deal. He lived in a in a little uh a little apartment complex right across the street from his favorite bar. Like, he moved into that. (laughs) I'm absolutely positive. I don't know this for a fact, but I'm positive. Now, he either moved into that apartment because it was across the street from his favorite bar, or he moved into that apartment and decided the bar across the street. But I'm sure the bar had something to do with it. And I can't tell you how many, like, we go there for weekends, and we were in that bar, like me and my older sister. He just
0: took you all with him. He
2: just took us with him. And, uh, mm. and I wish I could remember the bartender's name.
0: Was that in, now is this in this Memphis This is in now? Memphis.
2: Okay. This is in Memphis. Okay. We are, we are in Memphis. Um, we lived with my grandparents technically, um, in South Haven, but we would go to my father's apartment in Memphis for the weekends here and there. And, uh, the bartender lady was a fantastic lady. So I'd fall asleep regularly in the booth, in the bar, you know, and, I can remember multiple times like waking up as she's like carrying me across the street and putting me to sleep, you know, while my father's still at the bar. Oh, wow. Like he wasn't leaving the bar. He wasn't leaving the bar until he could barely walk. And, you know, it's just kind of the way he is. I mean, today he's, he's the same way. Wow. You know, um, it's unchanging. Uh, but so fast forward a little bit. Um, and, I'm about seven, maybe eight. He shows back up. Now, I hadn't seen him in, I can't even tell you how long I hadn't seen him at that point when he showed back up. But, of course, as a child, y- you know, you, you see things on TV and you, you make up in your head what you think life should be like. Mm-hmm. You know, so you yeah. have all of these unreal expectations about what a father-son relationship should look right. like. Well, at least they were unreal in my world. Yeah, You know, it's, it's, it's not so much that they, that doesn't happen because I absolutely have, you know, a good relationship with my sons, but in my world, it was an unreal expectation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he showed back up and I guess he had talked to my grandparents and we were given the option, you know, you can either go live with your dad and he had gotten remarried to my stepmother, um. And he seemed like he was doing good. Like, you know, he looked the part, you know, he was cleaned up cleaner than probably i it, you know, ever seen him. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, in my mind, you know, I'm thinking about throwing a baseball in the front yard oh. with my dad, like they show you on TV. So I'm yeah. like, absolutely. Yeah. We'll yeah they, it, this door. is what I want to do. Yeah. And you know, he's remarried, you know, I, I could have a mom, you know, like in my head, that's the way it worked. Um, but, of course, you know, nothing is as the way it seems. So so we moved in. and uh, So you were given the option. We were given the option. And you cho- chose. Yeah, yeah. we okay. could choose. Did your sister go as well? My sister went as well. Okay. My older sister and me went as well. Um, and I think initially it was a good thing. But, uh, you know, situations tend to deteriorate, mm. um, especially, you know, when when partying's involved and, and drinking and drugs. I mean, that can you know. And my father had a whole loop of issues that he had to deal with. You know right. he was very much his father's son. Right. You know, so it was a generational thing. Mm-hmm. Just passed down, passed down. Um so I found out real quick that that you know it wasn't what I was thinking it was going to mm. be at all. Um so very soon after I was there, you know, I was regretting that decision. Man. And we were taken to, even though we technically lived with him at this point, we were taken to my grandparents' house regularly. Summer times, we spent at my grandparents' house, um, you know. But, you know, throughout the week, um, we would go there maybe once a month on the weekends. Um, initially, my stepmother... I mean, she was great the whole time, yeah, but initially she was absolutely trying to be the best she could um, but as her relationship and my father's relationship deteriorated um for whatever reason, you know it just started nosediving mm-hmm. and uh my unfortunately um my older sister was she took care of us a lot Man. um she did uh at this point, my stepmother had a son, um, my older brother. He's a year older than me, and her and my father had my younger sister. Um, so there was four of us at this point. It wasn't just okay. me and my sister anymore. Um, of course, me and my brother fought like cats and dogs, oh, yeah. like like yeah. brothers always right, do. Right, right. You know, um, but but he was absolutely, you know, I loved him. He was my best friend. Yeah, um, I still love him. Uh, you know, they say step brothers, but as far as I'm concerned, that's my brother. Right. Um, so, I don't know. I picked up a. I picked up a lot of good things <clears throat> during that point in time from my stepmother. You know, people didn't cook. You know, like my grandmother didn't cook. Okay. Like <laughs> if she did not cook. She'd burn water. You know she she did not cook. You know so and after my great grandparents So left, dinner
0: at six is no longer that's no longer a thing. <laughs> that's that out the like door. I
2: say, when, when my great grandparents <laughs> left, um, you know, it, it deteriorated at my grandparents' house. Yeah. So, you know, I was I was happy to to get away from from that. You yeah. know, I, I needed to get away from there. You know, it was it was common, you know, I oh, we'll just go pick up the kids a cheeseburger, you know. Okay. the twenty nine cent cheeseburgers at that point in time that was like our saving grace because you know we didn't have a lot of money, and you know that was a cheap, easy way that you could feed yeah. kids um, is your
0: dad working <clears throat> working
2: now i mean at
0: the, at this time was at
2: this care. time yeah yeah you know he uh he went through a lot of jobs I yeah. mean he really did he was he was just one of those people we moved a lot while I lived with him um it seemed to me now. You know, I don't know how true it is because it's through the perception of the little kid's eyes. But it seemed to me, in hindsight, that we always only lived at a place long enough for them to evict us. You know, so so it he would move in. He would, you know, pay the deposit, pay the rent, yada, yada, yada. And that might hold up for a few months. Yeah. But then he would just stop. And, you know, eventually it was evictions. So, you know, when I first moved in with him, I want to say he had a little house in Hernando. And I I don't even remember us living there. We may have lived there, I don't know, maybe six months Mm -hmm. before we got evicted. And then we got moved to Horn Lake um, in DV. And, uh, you know, I think we lived there maybe a year and a half, maybe two. That was probably the longest consecutive place that we lived. And then, uh, of course, we got evicted from there. So from Horn Lake, um, they moved us to South Panola, which was, you know, it was a culture shock. You know, you you live in the city, and then South Haven, you know, is right, you know, it's basically a Memphis suburb. Um, You know, we lived, you know, in pretty inhabited places. So they move us to South Panola. And, uh, they move us into, I'm talking a straight shack. And, and when I say shack, I I mean that in every sense of the word, old tin roof that leaked, um, holes in, in, in windows, you know, holes in floors. It was a shack. Um, and a lot of times, you know, it was, it was very common not to have food in the refrigerator. Mm. Um, At my grandparents' house, it was common, you know, at my father's house, especially in the later years. And in the earlier years, my stepmother, you know, she she cooked a lot. She was home cooking. I picked up cooking from her because people didn't cook where I was from. Um, And she was very Southern, you know, Mm -hmm. and taught me. You know how to make biscuits from scratch. You know, like stuff that i had never even seen before. You oh, know, yeah. it was amazing to me. Like, what <laughs> you can just make a pie with stuff. <laughs> you know, um, she made these homemade chocolate pies uh, that were that were just amazing to me. Um, she was a really, really good woman, but you know, um, a crazy lifestyle eventually takes a toll. You know, yeah, and it got like say it got it got really, really bad. Um, once we got South Panola, our driveway was about two miles long gravel um, wow. in the middle of woods. You know, we had no neighbors. We had nobody. You know, the closest neighbor was once you went up the driveway, which is like a two mile walk. Mm-hmm. It was like another half a mile, you know, away from there. That was that was our closest neighbor. Um, my father, you know, started falling into, you know, he was drinking super super heavy by this point in time wow. everything was deteriorating um so it got it got real rough you know and i think you know in my mind as a child the way i always looked at it was is uh you know my older brother he was my stepmother's boy, like he was a mama's boy Mm -hmm. and, and she loved him and he loved her. And I thought that was great. That was fantastic. And maybe even I was a little jealous of that as as a kid, you know, because I didn't have that. Um, so he basically had my stepmother's protection. Um, now my sister, on the other hand, my older sister, um, she was daddy's girl. She was always good at dealing with my father. You know, when he'd come in, drunk in the middle of the night being violent or whatever she was she could defuse him easy Mm -hmm. um which kind of left me because my younger sister was you know she was real young at this point in time so you know
0: i took the brunt you're the typical middle middle child here yeah
2: i took the brunt (laughs) of you know i took the brunt of whatever he was dishing out Mm. um which you know was bad um and stepped in the middle of him and my stepmother's fights more times than I could count, um, knowing that I couldn't do anything. Right. Um, but knowing that if I stepped in, the focus would be taken off of her and yeah. put on me. And I felt like I could take it, you know, even at, you know, 10 or 11 years yeah. old, I felt like I could take it. Um, so while we're living in South Panola and everything is just getting – ridiculously bad to the point of unbearable we had been brought up here to my grandparents house for a weekend um which was like in my mind even though like i say it wasn't the best situation you know my grandparents they they like to party like it was common to go to sleep in my grandparents house and wake up and there just be random strangers there people that you didn't know i mean they would let any and everybody come and stay whenever. Um, it was very common. It was very normal, you know, in my mind. Uh, but it was it was like, for me, it was kind of like a retreat. One, my grandparents would let us do anything. There was no rules. There was zero, zero rules, even at an early age living with them. I can remember skipping school in kindergarten. Wow. And not just, like, not just like, I don't feel like going to school and having a conversation. Yeah. Like, most of the time, my grandparents were sleeping off whatever they had did the night before. And the most of a wake-up call you got in the morning was my grandmother yelling from her bed in her room, wake up, get ready, you have to go to school. There was no, like... Morning routine, yeah. you know what I'm right, saying? Right, like, right, right. like there is with my kids, right. you know. Like, she's not right, handing you, you a sack lunch, right? Do you like have that. everything? Do you, you know, is your right. everything there? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Your papers, signed? like that. Yeah. Just wasn't how it was. Um, you know, they would yell, and you know, sometimes I get up, sometimes I wouldn't get up. But like, even in kindergarten, I can remember going to the bus stop and being like, you know what, I I really don't want to go to school today, and just roll out, <laughs> just go, like. <laughs> It, I don't know. I think about you know this stuff regularly as a parent and an adult now, and I just, I'm like, I was you know little Michael's age, and I was doing this, you know. Um, You were forced to grow up. Yeah, I mean, at a very very early age, it's unreal for me, and it kind of makes it hard because you know when my kids are like, I can't do this. I was working 80 hours a week when I was your age. What do you mean you can't do this? I, like, yeah. What are you talking about? Um. So anyways, we had uh, we'd spent a weekend at my grandparents' house, and my stepmother came and picked me up, and my sister, you know, and my siblings, and we're riding back. And me and my older sister were getting in an argument. She had said something derogatory about my grandparents, but as far as I was concerned, like, my grandparents did no wrong. Yeah. Like, you know, that's the way I looked at it as a kid at an early age. They basically in my head, and I still kind of think that way that they saved us from from foster care, you know. They if it hadn't been for them, you know, I looked at it as God knows where we would be. Who mm. knows, you right. know. We we may not even know each other.
0: I mean, you're talking about you being left in the house <coughs> as babies, right? Right.
2: God knows where we would have been wow. if they wouldn't have done it. You know, and who knows? Maybe we went with my aunt and my uncle, and we were better off. Mm. You know, who knows? But anyways, me and my sister we got into a into an argument, and uh, next thing you know, we're fighting in the back seat. We're uh we're actually right beside here.
0: Okay. <laughs> Oddly enough,
2: we are right beside here. I was at my grandparents' house. My sister was at my aunt and uncle's house um, over here. Actually, that little trailer park over there. Okay, yeah. Um, that's yeah. where my aunt and uncle lived. This Is the same aunt and uncle? No, no, no. This is okay. um, my father's sister. Okay. Uh, so we're riding back, and we get into a fist fight. My stepmother pulls over, and, of course, she's lashing out. You know, she's she's saying, you know, to me, Yeah. You know, you always do this. And of course I, I, I had that tendency, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that anger and that rage was instilled in me at a very, very early age. Um, and it was almost rewarded. You know, if I get violent or hurt somebody, it was, it was not, it was not looked down on at all. Um, a very common saying in our household was if you get into a fight, you better win because if you lose and you come home, you're going to get another beaten when you get here. Mm. That was common. That was, that was how it was, you know? So it didn't matter if you got into a fight or not. Um, that was okay. You better come but out you on top. Better not lose. You better not come mm. home beat up. And, uh, so that was, that was how I was, you know? Um, I, I was absolutely a violent kid at an early age. And, uh, you know, my, my stepmother, she's, she's saying, you know, you always do this, you always do that. And I just lost it. I blacked out. And uh, and wound up hitting her, slinging her to the side, slamming the car door on her. And I just left. I was uh, I was 11 years old at that point. Um, wow. Walked off, rolled out, and uh, walked to my grandparents' house said look I, I'm not going back um, you know this is what's going on there and I'm just not okay with it and uh, my siblings stayed with my, my father my stepmother and uh, and I moved back in with my grandparents but you know my grandparents situation was always a roller coaster you know sometimes my grandfather was doing really good financially and they were doing okay but other times it was really bad, uh, and so during that point in time, you know they were they were thick into partying. Um, they they made crystal meth. Um, they made wow. it. Um, our house, their house, which was actually you know it wasn't something that they bought. Like they kind of. You know, I use the term inherited it from my great grandparents very loosely because uh you know, finding out later on that um my great grandparents actually willed that house to my father's oldest brother. Um and my grandparents did some dirty dealings with a lawyer and had that changed. Um so so, you know, that was the house that I grew up in. Um, and in a lot of ways, that that house was, was really important to me because my great-grandfather built it. And as a child, like, he was the only one that seemed to have, like, valid structure, you know? Yeah. As far as in our family's world. Um, now, granted, I had a few others.
0: Hey, everybody, don't forget to hit subscribe on this podcast while you're listening and tell all your friends. Plus, join us on all social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Yes, hey, while you're on YouTube, hit subscribe and turn those notifications on. You don't want to miss these great messages and all the extra content we're posting.
1: Somebody told me that if you don't subscribe to YouTube, you are burn in hell. Is that true? If you don't subscribe to the South Point YouTube, yeah. Boy, I better get on it. I just Mike, are
0: you subscribed to her?
1: No. Hellbound. Oh, Hellbound. My goodness. Look at me. What do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> I expect oh, great man. things from you. <laughs> Welcome, Pastor Craig. Hey. How are you? Good. How you doing? Yeah. Busy. How are your mom and them? You're yeah. busy. Been a little busy. Mm-hmm. Well, we're talking about his mom and them right now.
0: Your mom and them. Hmm. So we were just talking about uh, your great-grandfather and right. the structure he brought Um, into this home and he was you said he was one of the few right that yeah yeah absolutely
2: yeah so uh yeah it was really you know i don't know it was more about the house his house you know Mm -hmm. had tools there um had a couple of little sheds there I, i would spend a lot a lot of time um as a young man um in that shop, you know, it was kind of my sanctuary.
0: Was that, were you just kind of just self-taught? Did you self teach yourself in this shop or a lot of, because I mean, I I say this about my dad all the time. He didn't teach me anything. Right. Um, You, 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 that's, we kind of relate on some levels in that standpoint, because I didn't have a, a grandmother that, Make cookies and all that right. stuff. And Pastor Craig didn't believe me when I told him one day that she would charge me to for food. Right. Blew and my and mind. that is not yeah. that's not that's, that's a true story. Did she did cook? She made like the on the weekend and menudo and stuff like right. that. Except like she would make me one flour tortilla right. from scratch. She'd make them scratch, right? But she'd give me one. If I wanted more, I had to pay for it. Wow, so like a drug dealer, like yeah, this one's free. <laughs> right, right. Get uh, you is free, and yeah. so some of the stuff you are saying, I am like, yeah, uh, you know, that's yeah, yeah, I am there with that. I'm yeah, it, so it, I didn't it, have a mill that was like, yeah, this is how you you know change a tire, or how you build right. a table, like this table we right here. I, I right. didn't have that.
1: So did your grandfather yeah. teach you that stuff, or well,
0: did uh, you learn it?
2: You know, at in my earlier earlier years, um, initially living with my grandparents uh i spent time in that shop um with my grandfather he uh he liked messing around with with uh with wood um and you know he he early on he taught me some basic things um in hindsight a lot of those things were like how you don't do stuff <laughs>
1: this is the wrong way to do yeah, it yeah
2: yeah so so you know i have i have fingers that are half cut off from those years. Um, So, yeah, I guess early on, you know, he, he, you know, tried to be relatively a father role. Um, I found out later on that the reason why he was out there in that shop is because, you know, again, my, my great grandfather was, was a very straight and narrow guy. He, he really was. Um, So you couldn't smoke like, on the front porch, you, you couldn't smoke in his house. Like, you couldn't drink in his house. You, you couldn't do any of that stuff. He was very straight and narrow. So the reason why my grandfather spent most of his time out there in that shop in my early years and the reason why I got, you know, those, those instances where he was trying to show me how to do something or whatever is because that's where he could drink and that's where he could smoke. Uh-huh. So that's where he spent all of his time mm, that was in his my oasis. early years. Um, now, you know, I moved out and moved in with my, my father. And then when I came back, of course, my great grandfather had passed. Um, so the shed still had, you know, oddly enough, a lot of my great grandfather's tools. He was, he was a very hardworking, very versatile type of guy. Um, so a lot of those tools and stuff were all still out there. Um, of course, since him passing away, you know, they smoked in the house, they drank in the house, Mm -hmm. you know, all of those rules were out the door. Right. So then it kind of became my sanctuary, you know, to where I would go. Um, and you know, get out of the chaos for a little bit. Yeah. 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 It was where I could, I could lock myself in there. And, uh, you know, it was very common at an early age that, you know, I'd mow, I mowed people's lawns. And if I seen, you know, a little dirt bike. You know, it's common to see dirt bikes back behind people's sheds or whatever. And if I was mowing the grass, I'd be like, hey, you know, uh, <sighs> this grass can be free if you just let me take that dirt bike with me. You know, and my grandfather wasn't a mechanical guy by any stretch of the word. Um, so, you know, I just started tearing apart motorcycles. Um, I knew, or at least I was told, that my mother was... Um, was a biker, you know, I was told that that was really the reason why she was, she was gone. I never seen her is because, you know, she'd jump on the back of some guy's Harley and roll out, you know? Um, so I grew up around some bikers, you know, buddies of mine, um, their moms were into that scene, you know, of course, you know, the type of neighborhood that I grew up in, you know, it was all, you know, very lower class, you know, financially people um so you know there it was common for bikers to be around of course my family being in drug culture you know that brings along that so uh my grandfather had a bunch of like easy rider style magazines back there in the shop you know so i'd look through those and just be amazed you know like oh wow you know so i think subconsciously in my mind i was going to get these motorcycles i was going to start chopping them up and then maybe you know I could like then maybe I would be worth being around for my mother. Mm-hmm. I think initially, you know, I I didn't think that in those years, but hindsight looking back, I think that's the reason why I kinda cause initially that's what I wanted to do is I wanted to build custom motorcycles, you know, at a very early age. That's yeah. that's what I wanted to do. Um I was always kinda into art, but that was where I wanted to go. Um is to chop up motorcycles and do that. So I get these <laughs> I get these dirt bikes from mowing grass and I just start chopping them up and they were just the most ridiculous things. I mean, they were horrible. They really were like some of them would, I mean, they look like the mosquito truck coming down the street, just blowing smoke out of them. I just thought I was the coolest guy on the face of the planet. It was a little chopped up, you know, barely welded together. Um, yeah. So that was
1: astute, astute self-awareness of you. To realize or recognize or think about, you started doing those because of your mom. Yeah, I mean that's that's impressive, dude. There's a lot of people that are not that self-aware. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, props thrown at Mike. Well, thank
2: you. I uh I spent a I spent a lot of years trying to kind of dredge through,
1: Mm -hmm. um, why things are the way they are. You know, and but don't you think a lot of people that that have different backgrounds like you do. Um, instead of trying to work through it or think through it, they just shut it. You know, it's just they just shut the door in their mind and it's like, absolutely, screw that. Oh, I'm not supposed to say that, am I? Okay, it. screw that. You know, I'm not dealing with that. I'm, right. This is me. This is who I am. Right. Um, it's just the way I was made. It's just how I was made. You right. Know? Yeah. But you're you've actually took time to think through that and open Pandora's box, if right. you will. Yeah. Because um, you you even now have a relationship with your mom. I do. I do, which is pretty unique and yeah. special. You yeah. know
2: that that story is uh is is funny. It is,
1: but you're not going to share it.
2: Uh, I mean, I will.
1: <laughs> that story's hilarious. You yeah. guys would like it. We're only yeah. at age 11 right to, now. We'll get to, 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 to the next yeah, episode quite a few years ago. I, I didn't but, know we uh, were doing the Mike Chronicles. Oh I man, man, I just, I just wanted, yeah. wanted. Hey, I wanted.
0: I wanted all of it. I just Mike just is a you be, fascinating I'm, man. He I'm really is. In awe, sitting here. Ugh. listening I'm telling. You. <laughs> um okay, I had two questions. One, were you said they were cooking meth in the house?
2: Uh not that house.
0: Okay, so it wasn't um, that house. So I thought like there was just no, no. Breaking Bad was happening on the west <laughs> no. side of the the house. Well, so. it, was, uh, it <laughs> was it was
2: it was kind of Breaking Bad-esque. So uh so my grandparents, I mean, they were they were smart people. They they really were. Um I can remember playing hide-and-go-seek and, like, hiding in my grandparents' closets in between garbage bags full of drugs. Oh. Um, but Did you know there
0: were drugs, or you just... No,
2: no. You know, I knew that, you know, it was their stuff that I wasn't supposed to right. mess with, you know? Yeah. Um, in our early years, they they really kind of, I guess, quote-unquote, tried to hide it from us, you know? So when they would go to to you know, when people would come over and they would either do drugs or, you know, it was common for my grandfather to sell drugs. Um, you know, and I think initially that started out as just uh okay, well if we sell it then we can do it for free. You mm-hmm. know. Um and it just kinda snowballed from there. But they were really smart about it. So uh so they befriended a guy that owned a golf course. Um I'm not gonna say that guy's name, but they That's befriended fine. a guy that owned a golf course. Um they wound up Let's call Uh, him Stevie. That's just a fun name, Stevie. Yeah, we'll call him Stevie, Nicks. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But but, uh, um, they befriended him. Um, He wound up getting, uh, um, starting to do math. I I don't know if he did it before um, they met him or if they got him hooked. Um, I'm not sure about that. But uh, Mm. so there was a pool at this golf course and the pool was not maintained or kept up, but there was still a pool house. Oh um, yeah. So they, uh, they wound up making the stuff at this golf course. The funny part about it was, is the golf course was a very common meeting place for political people. Um, you know, police chiefs, people like that, um, wow. in the Memphis area. That that regularly went to this country club, um, but in the back there was there was a lab. Um,
0: that that golf course
2: I actually, mean, wow, okay. yeah,
0: yeah. You have to have a set on you to uh, to do yeah. that, and I, I know I just said that, but still,
2: they they were they were. I mean, it was I, my grandparents' house. I had later found out. That my grandparents' house was being watched. I mean, for years, um, it got raided when I wow. was when I was younger. Yeah. Younger. I remember it getting raided. Yeah. Um, oddly enough, they walked away from that with with very very minimal misdemeanor paraphernalia charges um, because either they knew it was going to happen before it happened, or it just happened at one of those moments to where there wasn't a lot of just stuff laying out. around the house. You know. Wow. Um, so you know they were they were smart with it, they really were um they they never spent any serious time in jail, regardless of you know the amount of stuff that they were doing and in the world they were involved in um mm. they never did you know some of the other people you know my father wound up going um to prison for a good minute with uh, two felony accounts of drug trafficking um which you know they say that the re well everybody likes to blame that on my grandparents mm-hmm. but in reality if you didn't have it and you weren't messing around with it it'd be hard to pin you with that you know what i'm saying right. so he, he was involved uh but yeah so that was that was <clears throat> you know the way it was i mean that was just normal
0: um school so you already talked about Kindergarten, you just rolled out one day. Yeah, are you even going at all? I mean, I I went to school. Have <clears> the <throat> grades? <throat> you...
2: you know, surprisingly enough, I uh, I had really really good grades um, early on in school. Uh, initially, um, really I I was I was picked on a lot initially. Surprisingly enough, hmm. um, all the way, you know, until about maybe third grade. Um, because I was a poor kid, I couldn't afford the cool clothes. I, I, I I couldn't afford, you know, it was blatantly obvious that I was a poor kid from the wrong side of tracks. There was no mistaking it, you know? And, uh, then at about third grade, that's when, you know, it finally clicked in my head that like, I didn't have to be picked on. I could just hurt every single person that ever came in my way. And I kind of went down that path. For, for a really, really long time, you know, I through those first years, you know, I made good grades. I stayed on the honor roll, principal's list, even though, you know, I probably missed half of the school year. Most of the years I went to school, you know, um, probably the most frequent that I went to school was when I lived, you know, the three years that I lived with my father. Um, but I think that was more about getting me out of the house, right? you know, and and my stepmother was, was way more structured than the rest of my family, um, was. So, uh, yeah, I think I was about, I was about 12, maybe coming up on 13 and, uh, lived at my grandparents' house and, and it was crazy and chaos and, uh, you know, it was very common for utilities to get cut off. Um, it was very common for them to go out there and recut them back on by themselves. Like that was normal. Um, they had they had a billion ways around it. Um, they figured out ways that if they took the electrical meter, they could rig it up to where you still had electricity and they couldn't tell. Um, they they were crafty in that sense. Absolutely. Um, so. I was probably pushing 13 and I was taking a cold bath because it was real easy to turn the water back on, um, by candlelight. And this wasn't the first time it was common. It was normal. Yeah. Um, but something about it just, I was just done. Like I was tired of doing that. I, I, I was tired of eating ketchup sandwiches. I was tired. I was just tired. You know, I was, I was over it. Um, and you know, I just got fed up. So um, I went to school the next day, and like I say, I was a I was a bad kid. I loved fighting. Um, in my early years, that's all I, that's all I truly loved. Like I hated everything, everything. And as far as I was concerned, I wanted to see the world burn, and I wanted to be the one that struck the match. Like I was just full of rage and hatred. And uh I went to school that next day and I got into a fight. And you know, of course it was, you know, the teachers knew, like, don't step in, you can get punched too. Mm. Like, I didn't care who you were. I didn't care if you were a police officer, I didn't care if you were an authority figure. Um, everybody was apt to getting punched in the mouth. I did not care. Um, and the principal had grabbed me and pulled me off of this other kid. And, uh, you know, he was, I guarantee you he was at his wits end with me, yeah. um, which I can't blame him. <laughs> I really can't. Cause like I said, I was a bad kid. And he said, I don't even know why you come here anymore. Wow. And it just clicked, you know, I was like, I don't know why I come here either. You know, like I, I, I'm not trying to learn anything, you know, um, I, I don't want to be here. Why am I coming here? You know? It was probably the free lunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was probably the main draw, I hang out with my buddy. Right, right. So uh so yeah, I was I looked at him in the face and I said, I don't know either. And uh and I walked out the front door, um, like I own the place. And in my mind I was done with school and I was just gonna have fun. Man. Just gonna go live my life and have fun. And uh and yeah, about two weeks into that. Um I realized really, really quickly that like that's not how it goes. How are you gonna afford to have fun? <laughs> are you gonna, you know, keep taking these cold baths or, or or are you gonna do something about it? And uh a girl that I was dating at that time, um, mind you, you know, my you're my teenage t- you're twelve. Yeah. You're twelve, thirteen, right? Yeah, and and my teenage girlfriend lived at my house with me wow um like we lived together like very early um and uh her dad
1: yeah 13 is a little early <laughs> yeah 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 just for those listening not sure to uh, well, what's too early yeah 13 is definitely <laughs> well you know it's it was on kind the of early side
2: it was kind of hazy lines for me i started smoking cigarettes at 10 I started smoking weed at 10. I was drinking by the time Mike, I was you 11. Mike, didn't have blurry lines. You had no lines.
1: There were no lines.
2: So, I mean, I figured, you know, if I started all that stuff that early, you know, why not this? But uh, her dad owned a, uh, owned a subcontracting business, um, digging ditches. That's what he did. Um, so she's like, look, I'll talk to my dad. I'll, I'll see what I can't do.
0: And, uh, and sure enough, the dad's okay with her living with you. No. Okay. (laughs) No.
1: He's making you a job. No. I'm not sure what dad would be like, (laughs) you know, go for it, kid.
2: Yeah. There was a, there was a lot of interesting events. So, so, you know, she kind of came from rough too. You know, she did. Um, her father was a ditch digger. Yeah. Um, and he was kind of a rougher guy and she was kind of left to her own accord. When I met her she lived with um with this lady that was very active in a church around the corner um who's a fantastic lady uh she lived with her and uh you know she went to church she was she was she was a pretty good you know she was good she was going to church and you know she kind of tried to you know push me toward that um but you know, as far as I was concerned, I wasn't... Originally, I thought I was just atheist. I didn't believe in God, originally. And then I came to the conclusion that, okay, God exists, but I hate him. Mm. So so it was even, you know, atheists are like, oh, well, that's just nothing. Right. You know, right. it was like, okay, well, he does exist. And I despise him. Like, yeah. that's the way I felt. Um So we constantly, you know, me and her, you know, her and the lady that she lived with, I mean, they went to great lengths. They really did to try and, you know, open my eyes to God and kind of, you know, help me through the stuff that that I've been going through. You know, they they drove to churches. You know, there was like this like hippie biker church, like in the middle of nowhere, Tennessee. And they drove me out there one time because, you know, I didn't get along with like. The stereotypical people, you know, these kids that came from nice families and blah, 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 you know, all it took at that point in time,
0: sweet Baptist church up the road.
2: Right. And, and at that point in time, all it took was just a subtleness in your look at me and, and I would do my best to try and make you unconscious. Mm. Like it was, it was the snap of a finger.
1: I'll be honest, Mike, I'm really glad I met you after
2: (laughs) Like, uh, you know, it was it was beyond rage that was inside of me. It really was um, for, for a lot of years. And, I mean, even if you weren't really looking at me in any certain... But if I decided you were, that's all I needed. That's all you needed. That's all I needed. And,
1: uh, yeah. I'm really glad that the Lord <laughs> set you free for this stuff. I really am. Uh, yeah, so... The more stories you tell about before Christ... Yeah. Make me really appreciate the yeah. after Christ, yeah. Mike. Yeah, so uh,
2: they tried; they really did. Um, she got me a job um, with her dad, which is crazy to me. Like, can you imagine <laughs> that? Like, no, I can't actually. <laughs> like, I think about it all the time. You know, um, little Michael's eleven years old. You know, and and I was working eighty hours a week, just one year older than him, and wow. like I'm, I'll come home and I'll look at him, and he'll be having problems with this. Or that. And in the back of my mind, I'm going, I just cannot imagine going to a construction site and seeing this kid like in a ditch with a shovel, like just going after it. You know, I can't imagine. I don't know how he got away with it. Like, I don't know how he brought a kid to a job site because I wasn't a big kid. You know, it's like little Michael.
1: I was small for I had my gross spurt way late. I was small I, for a I long time. I have a time. feeling you were paid in cash though. Oh not yeah, yet. yeah. It was not like <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I wasn't paying into social, social security. <laughs> 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 I was working like, out my four <laughs> hundred and one k. Yeah, Roll
0: up with your your dirt bike to the bank, across <laughs> right. the bank, to the, the <laughs> bank across Yeah, <laughs> that's right. How do you yeah, cash this to the driver. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, How do you even cash a check? <laughs> hey,
2: I'm twelve. I'm go to the liquor store. You got ID? I don't need ID. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, how much
0: is he, okay. How much are you getting paid to just, just to dig dishes at 11 years
2: old? You know, I'd thought about it before and I, I thought that I was making like $5 an hour or something like that. I think it was like closer to like $4 an hour. But again, you know, I, uh, I was a kid, right? you know? So if he just told me he was paying me X amount of dollars an hour, I would believe it. It's not like I broke down my paycheck at the end of the week. (laughs) Like I, you know, as far as I was concerned, I was twelve. You know, and if I came home with two hundred bucks, like I was like, I'm rich. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, especially coming from where I came from. Um, Forget that ketchup sandwich. Yeah. Right. Oh, look. Uh-huh. And one of my buddies, you you guys know him. I mean, he goes to church here, Chris Huey. Um, you know, he came from the same neighborhood as me. We were yeah. friends at you know at ten years old or eleven years old or something like that. And uh, and Chris dropped out also. Chris dug ditches with me for a number of years. I mean, we worked there together, both of us, and it was very common. Like, it's so funny, like thinking back and being a kid, like, we were making no money. You know, it was very, very little money that they were paying us. But in our minds, like, we were making bank.
0: This is much better than school. Like we made sure
2: to get that two hundred dollars in tens so that we could fan it out. <laughs> like we were we were making bank.
0: <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, if you only had Instagram back then right. oh, man,
2: we were making it rain, you know, yeah, give me that all in one dollars. Ones, baby. <laughs> Pull out this knot uh, in uh, ones. How much is that? $127. <laughs> Like but, uh, <laughs> right? but, uh, so it was very common for us at that point in time. Like we get paid on Friday and we would come home and like all of our buddies, like guys, we're going out to eat. You're going to order <laughs> the best thing on the menu, or I'm going to order it for you and be offended that you didn't eat it. Like that was common. Like, yeah. so Fridays we would come home and I mean, we would just blow our checks on just, you know, we'd go, Get paid $200 and take, you know, 10 of our buddies to the restaurant oh. and, you know, it's buy gone. steaks. Of course, steaks weren't, you know, $45 a piece like they are now. Mm-hmm. You know, back then, a $15 steak was amazing. You know, that oh, yeah. was the deal. Oh, yeah. You know, so we would uh, we'd take our friends out to to eat steak and stuff. And, and you know, we thought we had it pretty good. And, uh, you know, then Bill's came in. I learned really, really quickly. Um, I don't know. I was probably 13 or 14 at this point. I, I learned really, really quickly that you don't ever give bill money to the adults to pay the bills because the lights are still going to get turned off whether yeah. you paid it or not or whether you gave them the money or not. So um, I had to figure that out pretty did early ask
0: you or did you offer,
2: Um, you know. I don't really remember that part. I don't yeah. really remember if they said, hey, you know, the electric bills do, or or if I just took it upon myself to look through the mail that came in because I I was the one that was bringing it inside. Nobody cared there was mail out there. It's not <laughs> like checks were coming in the mail. <laughs> Ain't nothing in there but bills. No royalty you know? checks coming in. No, mail for you. no, you know. So uh, I don't remember if, if it was kind of pushed on me or if I just took it upon myself. Knowing me, I probably just took it upon myself, you know, like okay, we owe we owe one hundred and twenty seven dollars. Here is one hundred and twenty seven dollars. You know, I'll just work extra. Um, So I learned didn't know where to go to pay it. So you handed it off. I had no clue. You know, thirteen or fourteen years old. Like I don't know where you go to pay an electric bill. Like, (laughs) like I can remember at one point in time, like when I when I when I realized that I couldn't just give money. Four bills and expect them to get paid. Like when I first realized that I was like, okay, I'm gonna go pay them for for myself. Now, mind you, I lived in South Haven at this point in time. Um, and I went to the energy office over here on 51. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's not a place where you go pay bills. That's just like a headquarters office where they deal out work or whatever. I'm like knocking on the door, like, Hey, where do I pay this at? And they're like, yeah, you don't do that. And how I found out where you pay it was going to that place and they're like, yeah, you can go to Kroger Supermarketing
0: anywhere, you, right. you know. Go to the Minuteman on the right, yeah, state yeah. line. Yeah,
2: and you can pay it there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, um, I would, just started taking it upon myself to pay whatever bills wow. needed to be paid.
1: And you just gave a free plug to the <laughs> Minuteman on the corner. <laughs> well, so. right, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just assuming, I don't remember, I think you could yeah, pay yeah, bills yeah. back then. this could. podcast is
2: brought I'm also, to you hey, by Hey, I grew up in, in South Haven as well. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so, I learned that really, really early, and I don't know, by this point in time, um, you know, I was really kind of dealing with a, a few facts that, that um, you know, I really didn't want to deal with. Even though I, I made good grades in school when, when I actually was there, um, there were some things that, that I was really good at hiding early on that... I didn't want to go to anybody for help with, um, they didn't figure it out until I was about in fifth grade, um, that, that I was dyslexic. Um, I actually couldn't read, um, and they had no clue. They had zero clue. Um, a teacher that was, you know, a really valid teacher that I looked up to figured that out when I was in fifth grade and started, you know, trying to put me in classes, um, to help me with that. Of course, at that point in time, if they put you in special ed for reading, like special ed at that point in time wasn't like it is now. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: There's so a lot like, categories now.
2: Right, right. So, like, if you just need help with reading, now they'll put you in help with reading. Back then, if you went to special ed, you know, for anything, it was all the same. So, you know, the kid that was paraplegic would be in there. Mm-hmm. The kid mm-hmm. that had real serious, you know you know, down. It was all, we were all in one. Um, so,
1: so did you ever, did you ever learn to deal with your dyslexia or does it still, when I was in school? No,
2: no. When I was in school, no. So, um, I dropped out. My last completed grade was sixth. Um, I still could, you know, complete six or I completed six. I dropped out in the seventh. Okay. So I, I completed sixth grade. Um, You know, probably by the skin of my teeth. (laughs) I don't really remember because, you know, I didn't go half the time um, and didn't care to be there. Uh, So, you know, when I dropped out of school, I I couldn't read or spell validly at all. Um, And, you know, at 14, you know, 13, 14 years old, I'm trying to figure out how to manage as an adult, you know, even though I'm a kid. And I'm finding that a lot of things are hard. Um, signing checks, you know, figuring these things out, um, paying bills and blah, blah, blah is, is really hard when you can't read. Like, how do you function as an adult, even though you're a kid, when you can't read? So, um, you know, initially, I think I just lashed out more. You know, I would hide the fact that I couldn't read or I couldn't manage these things with rage and anger, um, for, for a number of years. And then I think when I turned, um, I was either 14 or 15, you know, I'd started kind of going through, well, I need to figure out, you know, how to do these things. I need to figure out, you know, what's the real deal with my mother you know, I started seeing these things that I needed.
0: Have you got any contact with your mother?
2: At that happens? point in time, um, you know, I think I think they sent me to Texas one time, which is where she was living at one point in time um, when I was like five or six years old. I think she came once. I don't remember her coming, um, but I've heard stories about her ordering pepperoni pizza, which I did not like, so I shot her with a rubber band. Oh. Or something like that, you know. Um, you were just a bundle of joy. I was, you? man. I was a fantastic kid. <laughs> just want to hang out with Mikey. Yeah, yeah. Just get beat down. Right, violent psychopath. But uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so I didn't really have any real contact with her, um, at all. But uh, you know, I, I started going through these these things that I felt like I needed to work through if i was ever going to make it anywhere yeah. if i was ever not going to dig ditches and be illiterate and you know impoverished my whole life i i knew that i had things that i had to face i had to i had to face the fact that i couldn't read i, I had to face you know my issues with my mother um I didn't even realize that I really had issues with my father until later on. So, uh, so I started digging around and started trying to figure out where my mother was. Um, I was spending as little money as I could on household things and and that type of stuff. And I was, I was saving up money and, uh, and lo and behold, I, I found my mother. Um, she was back in Texas and, uh, we started having, you know, phone conversations here or there. And, uh, and, I. You know, I said, look, you know, I want to come out for a month or so. I'd like to meet you, get to know you a little bit, talk to you about, you know, what's going on. And uh, she's like, okay, absolutely. So I uh, I bought, I think it was a plane ticket. I think I rode a plane. I bought um, a round-trip ticket to uh, to Texas. She was staying with my aunt and my uncle, the ones that lived across the street from me when I was little. Um, and I went there to to basically meet that side of my family that I really had had no relationship with, with at that point in time. And uh, and it was, uh, it was interesting um, because the only pictures I had ever really seen of my mother was her at 20, you know. So, yeah. so I didn't know who I was even getting off the plane to meet. Like, I had no clue what they looked like. I had no clue what that was, you know, of course, again, you know, you watch TV and you get this expectation of what that looks like when you do something like that. So of course, you know, I'm flying there, you know, I got my little Walkman on, you know, listening to green day, you know, (laughs) at this point in time, I am totally 100% a punk rock kid. You know, it was not uncommon for me to have a two foot tall Mohawk, like piercings in my face. I was, I was a punk rock kid. Um, so I'm flying there, and I'm like, you know, what's this going to look like, you know? What? So I'm getting off the plane, and I'm walking through, and there's people everywhere. Of course, that was the point in time where you could just be right yeah. there at the gate, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, that's a unheard of thing yeah. now. But, like, people used to wait for you oh, as soon yeah. as you got off the plane. But, uh, you know, and I'm I'm looking through the people, and I'm thinking, you know, are they going to have a sign? that says, you know, like, right. Michael, you know. Welcome home, Mikey. Right. Your mom, you know, or whatever. <laughs> and, and I'm looking and I'm really kind of expecting like leave it to beaver style people. Oh man, You know what I'm saying? Like I'm expecting, uh, you know, a June Cleaver. Right, right. I'm expecting <laughs> a middle class, you know, is that m- what you got? Mike mom looking, you know what I'm saying? I'm <laughs> expecting a mom, a quintessential <laughs> soccer mom and maybe the guy she's married to. Who's a very you know in my head? This is the way it's going. It's a, he's a very upstanding looking gentleman.
0: He's got a suit and a briefcase.
2: Right, yeah, right, and they're sweet. like, oh well, <laughs> welcome to Texas,
0: welcome, Mike. Thank you for well, coming. He to have a cowboy hat on. Here in Texas. Right,
2: right, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I'm getting off plane. and I'm kind of walking and I'm looking and I'm like, uh, you know, that doesn't really look like her. And from behind, I see this woman, and I am talking like. Super bouffant curly jet black hair, leather biker jacket with fringes, leather miniskirt, thigh high leather stilettos, and I see this person from the back, and the only, as soon as I see this person, I'm thinking, <laughs> I bet you that's my mother.
0: Your balloon just burst right there, and right, she turns you know, like,
2: around, and I'm like, she's like, Michael. <laughs> 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 all right that mom. is my mom <laughs> hi mom'm i like hey you know and it's kind of awkward you know I don't know whether to hug her or whatever and uh and she's like come on your aunt Tricia and uncle David are at the bar let's go meet them
0: <laughs> oh all right at the bar
2: yeah at the bar in the in the airport and uh and so you know I wound up I was gonna stay there for a month I wound up staying there for for three months um just kind of getting to know them. Yeah. you know I was really just there because I wanted to hear their side of the story, you know, what happened between her and my father. You know, I wanted to hear their side because I had heard my father's family's side of the story of what happened, you know, and I know that there's two sides of this, every story and then there's the truth that's yeah. in the middle. Um, so, you know, I, I got to know her pretty good. And, uh, you know, as far as I was concerned, like I got to know my aunt, my uncle David who uh, were fantastic people, you know, and I was like, okay, well, it's time to go.
0: Well, everybody, we are out of time. Thank you so much for joining us today, but hey, don't worry. The story is not over yet. We will be back next week with part two with Mike Abbott. You do not want to miss the rest of the story, and I hope you've been encouraged and uh, enjoyed this episode. So don't forget to tell all your friends and hit that subscribe button.